0: Uh, Good evening, Doctor Powers. How are you? You know, it's uh, ironic that we were going to talk about an audio with an audio audiologist and industry consultant about hearing uh, devices, and we couldn't hear each other. I thought that was. (laughs) I thought that sometimes that
1: happens.
0: (laughs) So, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great.
0: Great. Um, So, by the way, if anybody has any questions they'd like to ask the doctor. Concerning this new availability of over the counter hearing aids, 312 981 7200 is the telephone number. Uh, this went into effect October 17th, and the statistics that I read say that roughly 38 million Americans uh, have some degree of hearing loss and would benefit from a hearing aid, and that a prescription will no longer be required to gain access. What does that mean to you, Dr. Powers? I mean that's su- on the surface. That sounds that sounds reasonable, but I'm sure there has to be more to it than just that. It can't be that simple.
1: Yeah, and, uh, nothing usually is when it sounds, right. sounds to be that simple. So So quite a few years ago, the the process began uh, with a series of workshops uh, in Washington, of course, with FDA and FTC and a bunch of agencies. And in 2017, we we saw the the legislation pass and be signed that would have created this category. Uh, It took about four-plus years to get it through the FDA to get final regulations. COVID, of course, had a lot to do with it. But basically what, what we're seeing here is... Up till up till Monday, um, hearing aids were available through audiologists and hearing aid specialists and some physicians um, as a, a prescriptive device, meaning you needed to see a professional to get a device. As of Monday, um, you're able to get over-the-counter devices, and there's two classifications, we'll come back to that, but two classifications of devices, OTC and self-fit OTC, that you can purchase without the intervention or the need to see an audiologist or a hearing specialist. Now, they are for people who are over 18, this doesn't involve children, because they have very special needs in regards to their speech and language development, but Mm. for anyone that's over 18 that has a perceived, that's a key word, perceived hearing loss that you think is mild to moderate, Uh, You can go to a variety of places. Some pharmacies have announced it. Uh, Best Buy has announced. Other places have announced that they'll be carrying these devices. um, That that should cost a little bit less, but but primarily because you're not paying for any of the services of the professional. You're still paying for the
0: devices themselves. So when you say you can go to, you know, Best Buy, et cetera, they will test. um, Who will test your hearing? A, A machine? A person? How, do you know how that works? That's,
1: that's still a little unclear. Yeah. Um, the, the the regulations are very clear that there, that there cannot be a requirement mm. for the intervention of a professional. So nobody can require you to do that. Now, gotcha. it, right. it's certainly in anybody's best interest. If you think you have a hearing loss, and as an audiologist, I guess I'd be remiss to say that I think the best thing would be to at least have a hearing test so you know, are these devices appropriate for me? Uh, and what type of device, depending on, you know, my, my lifestyle, where do yeah. I want to use it, uh, et cetera. Uh, but we expect that there'll be some online testing available uh, either mm. before you go in or there could be, you know, a kiosk or a little, some setup with a headset. We're, it's not quite clear yet. It's, we're about two days into this right now. But right. Um, be, there'll be some kind of a, a, a way for you to have some kind of a hearing screening uh, or, or maybe a basic test to, to ensure that the devices might be appropriate. And then they'll be um, on the shelf. And, and uh, right. you know, you can sort of look at the features that are there. You know, do you want it to connect to your phone, et cetera, and then, and then purchase the one that you think is most appropriate for it. It's, it's really a self fitting over over-the-counter uh, scenario.
0: Well, we're talking to Dr. Thomas Powers, uh, industry consultant, audiologist, and we're going to do more when we come back on 720 W G M. Thanks for tuning in tonight, John Landecker, uh, talking about the availability of over-the-counter hearing aids uh, with Dr. Thomas Powers, who's an industry consultant and audiologist. Um, I was reading up on it today, Doctor, and some uh, of what I read said that it's going to be the – the quote they have here is that it's going to be like the wild, wild west out there (laughs) for a couple of years. You know what I'm I'm referring to, right? I mean – technology and exactly what are they referring to
1: well i i think part of it is that, that this is a, a whole new classification if you will a whole yeah, new set of, yeah. of devices that are going to be available and I, as i mentioned earlier we have two new ones otc and self-fitting otc and they're two sort of different devices Or so, so the otc are What I would, you know, be sort of basic hearing aids. They might have a push button that could allow you to have preset memory. So out of the box, you put it on, you push those, and you could hear in, you know, normal environments. Maybe one for listening to TV, one for noisy environments, and then the self-fitting OTC will probably have an app or some other mechanism for you to do some adjustments to 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 sort of get to the idea of self-fitting or self-tuning it. Uh, but not nearly as as it will be for the prescription, which is the third class of devices that that actually uses computer software to do that. So, the the concern is, of course, with with these new devices coming in, uh, there may be some players that um, you know aren't uh, concerned with with uh, offering things like a return privilege. It's not a right. requirement of the FDA right. yep. regulations, and so you may buy something, take it home, and try it, and then sort of didn't read the medium or fine print to say, oops, by the way, this can't be returned. So, uh, you know, that that's one of the concerns that, that we all have in professionals is that you get the device that works for you, it gives you some benefit. And if you don't, then you have the right to return it. So I, I would tell people to really take a look at the devices when you go into the to the stores, wherever, wherever it may be, the Wild West, <laughs> and, uh, and, and be sure that, that there is a return privilege, there's a warranty on that device. Yeah. Um, if it's important for you to connect to your phone, that it has Bluetooth connectivity, that if you're going to use this in noise, it has a directional microphone. All those things are supposed to be listed according to the labeling requirements that the FDA put out for these devices. So so there should be enough information for consumers to make a, a relatively informed decision, but we do have to take some Uh, some time to research that and and, and find out what kind of devices are available.
0: Yeah, uh, buyer beware to a certain extent. I mean, there have already been, they're not hearing aids. I guess, what do you call the product that's been out there now? Just amplified listening devices uh, that are not not labeled OTC. And I think that's a big distinction.
1: Yes, the, the... there's another class that the FDA has, has yeah. sort of redefined. And that is what we call PSAPs or personal sound amplification. Products. Right. And these were sort of crept into the hearing aids, uh, area, but, uh, it's clear now that those devices cannot be marketed to people with hearing aids. You can't advertise them for people that have hearing loss. I should say they're intended for people with normal hearing that want to put that on when you're in the woods and you want to listen to birds and you want to hear, <laughs> you know, yeah. nature and so forth. Uh, but but they, they're not intended. That's, that's the phrase that the FDA uses. What is the intended use of that medical device? And if the intended use is for people with hearing loss, then there are OTC hearing aids, self-fitting hearing aids, or prescriptive hearing aids, or it's a cochlear implant, of course. But uh, all those are, are truly regulated devices here in the United States.
0: Right. I understood the other one is basically amplifies every possible sound that's around you. Uh, but really doesn't yeah. have anything to do with understanding speech specifically or anything like that. As you said, yeah, you know, if you want to hear the birds and the bees, uh, but you know, that's what it'll do. Uh, this yeah. doesn't. Yeah. This does not eliminate, in any way, shape, or form, the need for some individuals to see a professional and also to get a uh, hearing device that is not over the counter but is by prescription.
1: Right. Correct. Yep. Yep. We have those. Three classes of device, and, and if you're outside of that perceived, mild to moderate, again, there's mm-hmm. no clear definition there, but if you you have a more significant hearing loss, or, or you may have also, if you do get a hearing test, you may find that you have a, a, a unusual audiogram or hearing test configuration, that may require one of those devices. The other advantage, of course, of going to see a professional have a hearing test is that they're going to look in your ears, and this could be a simple problem with earwax. And so, um, you know, those you know audiologists can can yeah. you know, take that out or refer you to your to your you know general physician, or, you know, to have the earwax cleaned out. And uh, you know, you may not even need to go shopping. or are a device, so so there's a lot of benefits to to just going and having that basic hearing test on. You may. You know, so depending on insurance coverage, you may have to pay for it. But you know, a hundred or so dollars could be very well invested to to have that test make sure that that you don't have any contraindications, so to speak, for for trying one of these devices. And then they could also give you some counseling on the type and style of device that that may be most appropriate for your listening needs.
0: Is there a basic difference between a, an over the counter and prescription device, or are they have a lot in common?
1: Well, they they probably will have a lot in common in terms of of how they look. You know, they'll look mm. like probably some of them will look like traditional hearing aids. we We are seeing some already that look like like earbuds and and even you know our our air pods, and I, that I'm giving a commercial for those guys, but but you know they they're, <laughs> they look like sort of those devices. And there's some other unique form factors or, or styles, if you will, that are coming out. I think the the big difference really between both the OTC and self fit and the prescription, is really the, the ability to program them individually for your hearing loss and, and for the professional to really get that tuned exactly for you, especially, again, if you have more severe loss or unique uh, configuration to your to your loss. And they may have some more advanced features, too. Uh, you know, some of these will have uh, feedback reduction, for example. It was always something people talked about. You know, your grandfather's hearing aid's always whistling when he's wearing it. Well more modern hearing aids have feedback reduction have directional microphones which wow. means we have two microphones one faces forward one faces back it helps with background noise uh you know advanced features like that i mean some of the more advanced prescriptive devices have motion detectors in that for people that have balance issues and maybe live alone it's it's a capability to do fall detection so if you would happen to fall it's kind of, like, kind of like those devices that you see, i fall fallen and I can't get up, but your hearing yeah. aid can actually do that today. So so there's a lot of applications in the prescriptive side for people that, that have very specific listening needs. But if you're a what I call a situational wearer, you know, when your grandkids come over, occasionally go to dinner, maybe in meetings, whatever, you know, specific situations where you're having difficulty, maybe you're not going to wear it 24 hours a day or even 16 hours a day, you know, Trying an OTC type device after you've had a hearing test and understand what your needs are uh, could be a very first step, you know, in, in getting hearing help. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, almost 40 million people in the U.S. have have, have hearing loss and. Uh, you know, right now, you know, probably, you know, half of those people are, are not wearing a device because they're too vain, think they're, mm. you know, they don't look right, and right. they don't want to bother changing batteries. There's a whole bunch of reasons why people decide not to not to intervene in, in their health issues. So, You
0: know, you've mentioned a whole bunch of features that I never even considered, and it brings to mind a question that I think should be asked that these over-the-counter uh, OTCs are not I mean, the ones you were talking about obviously have to have a hefty price tag to it, but the over-the-counter OTCs, they're, they're not actually, I mean, they're not dirt cheap, are they?
1: No. Uh, you know, the ones we're seeing that have been sort of launched in the last few yeah. days that are going to be at places like, you know, Walgreens, Best Buy, some of the other places that have already announced in the press, uh, you know, you're seeing starting prices at 699 799 up to $1,000 for, mm. for a pair now, you know you could go to a hearing professional and even at an entry mid-level price, you still may be seeing two or $3,000, but remember, you're also getting the testing, you're getting advanced programming, you're going to go back to the office for follow-up and counseling. So all of those services are sort of, you know, included and bundled into those prices where the other things are just the device. You're buying the, you're buying it, you're taking it home, you take it out of the package and you start, you know, again, a self fitting process. Um, So, so in essence, you're paying yourself to do it as opposed to paying somebody else to, to, to do it by, by maybe saving some of that money. And uh, for some people, again, I think for some people, it's, it's really going to be an effective way for them to get some help and to start uh, as maybe their hearing loss changes or their listening needs become more more intense. Maybe they change jobs and they're going to be more meetings or you know, if you if you work someplace where there's a lot of background noise, my, my classic example is always somebody who's a greeter or or d' at a restaurant. You can think about how noise that is. You have to listen to people's names, how many people are in your party. Did you have a reservation or not? The kitchen's going on. There's people talking. I mean, that's that's a pretty difficult listening environment. And you're probably going to have some very specific needs for, for directional microphones and noise reduction. So somebody like that might be better served with a prescriptive device as, to try and, as opposed to trying uh, an over-the-counter device but but that doesn't mean they, they couldn't start there and, and see so right. how that works for them and as long as they can return it they can uh, they can yes. then move on to, uh, well, to see a professional
0: i think that's a very important point we t- touched on it earlier and we're going to re- and we have to wrap it up now but i, I yes. think that that's a important uh, aspect of this for someone who's not really in this business to walk into uh whatever, a drugstore, Best Buy, and buy one of these devices, that you make sure that it has a warranty and a return policy because, you know, I'm no technical expert, you know, and I could screw something up just like that. So I want to make sure that I've got some protection. Dr. Thomas Powers, thank you so much for being with us. I uh, totally appreciate you taking the time tonight. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Have a nice evening.
0: You too. That's uh, Dr. Thomas Powers. Audiologist and industry consultant. Uh, good evening, Dr. Powers. How are you? You know, it's uh, ironic that we were going to talk about an audio with an auto audio, audiologist and industry consultant about hearing uh, devices and we couldn't hear each other. I thought that was. <laughs> I thought yeah, that sometimes was. that happens. <laughs> so, how are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great.
0: Great. Um, so, by the way, if anybody has any questions they'd like to ask the doctor concerning this new availability of over-the-counter hearing aids, 312-981-7200 is the telephone number. Uh, this went into effect October 17th, and the statistics that I read say that roughly 38 million Americans uh, have some degree of hearing loss and would benefit from a hearing aid. And that a prescription will no longer be required to gain access. What does that mean to you, Doctor Powers? I mean, that so- on the surface, that sounds that sounds reasonable. But I'm sure there has to be more to it than just that. It can't be that simple.
1: Yeah, and uh, nothing usually is when it sounds right. sounds to be that simple. So. So quite a few years ago, the the process began uh, with a series of workshops uh, in Washington, of course, with FDA and FTC and a bunch of agencies. And in 2017, we we saw the the legislation pass and be signed. that would have created this category. Uh, It took about four plus years to get it through the FDA to get final regulations. COVID, of course, had a lot to do with it. But basically what, what we're seeing here is, up till up till Monday, um, hearing aids were available through audiologists and hearing aid specialists and some physicians um, as a, a prescriptive device, meaning you needed to see a professional to get a device. As of Monday, um, you're able to get over-the-counter devices, and there's two. Cr- classifications, we'll come back to that, but two classifications of devices, OTC and self-fit OTC, that you can purchase without the intervention or t- the need to see an audiologist or a hearing aid specialist. Now, they are for people who are over 18, this doesn't involve children, because they have very special needs in regards to their speech and language development, but mm. for anyone that's over 18 that has a perceived, that's a key word, perceived hearing loss that you think is mild to moderate, uh, you can go to a variety of places. Some pharmacies have announced it. Uh, Best Buy has announced. Other places have announced that they'll be carrying these devices. Um, that that should cost a little bit less, but but primarily because you're not paying for any of the services of the professional. You're still paying for the devices themselves.
0: So when you say you can go to, you know, Best Buy, et cetera, they will test. Um, who will test your hearing? A A machine? A person? How, do you know how that works?
1: That's, that's still a little unclear. Yeah. Um, the, the the regulations are very clear that there, that there cannot be a requirement mm. for the intervention of a professional. So nobody can require you to do that. Now, gotcha. it, right. it's certainly in anybody's best interest. If you think you have a hearing loss, and as an audiologist, I guess I'd be remiss to say that I think the best thing would be to at least have a hearing test so you know, are these devices appropriate for me? Uh, and what type of device, depending on, you know, my, my lifestyle, where do yeah. I want to use it, uh, etc. Uh, we expect that there'll be some online testing available uh, either mm. before you go in or there could be, you know, a kiosk or a little, some setup with a headset. We're, it's not quite clear yet. It's, we're about two days into this right now. But right. Um, that there'll, be, there'll be some kind of a, a, a way for you to have some kind of a hearing screening Uh, or or maybe a basic test to to ensure that the devices might be appropriate. And then they'll be um, on the shelf. And, and, uh, you know, you can sort of look at the features that are there. You know, do you want it to connect to your phone, et cetera, and then then purchase the one that you think is most appropriate for it. It's it's really a self fitting over over-the-counter scenario.
0: Well, we're talking to Dr. Thomas Powers, uh, industry consultant, audiologist, and we're going to do more when we come back on 720 WGN. Thanks for tuning in tonight. John Landecker uh, talking about the availability of over-the-counter hearing aids uh, with Dr. Thomas Powers, who's an industry consultant and audiologist. Um, I was reading up on it today, doctor, and some uh, of what I read said that it's going to be the – the quote they have here is that it's going to be like the wild, wild west out there (laughs) for a couple of years. You know what I'm I'm referring to, right? I mean – technology and exactly what are they referring to?
1: Well, I I think part of it is that that this is a a whole new classification, if you will, a whole new set of of devices that are going to be available. And as I mentioned earlier, we have two new ones, OTC and self-fitting OTC, and they're two sort of different devices. The OTC are what I would, you know, be sort of basic hearing aids. They might have a push button that could allow you to have preset memory. So out of the box, you put it on, wow. you can push those, and you could hear in, you know, normal environments. Maybe one for listening to TV, one for noisy environments, and then the self-fitting OTC will probably have an app or some other mechanism for you to do some adjustments to 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 sort of get to the idea of self-fitting or self-tuning it. Ah, uh, but not nearly as as it will be for the prescription, which is the third class of devices that that actually uses computer software to do that. so the the concern is of course, with with these new devices coming in, uh, there may be some players that um, you know aren't uh, concerned with with uh, offering things like a return privilege. It's not a right. requirement of the FDA right. regulations. Yep. and so you may buy something, take it home and try it, and then, sort of didn't read the medium or fine print to say, oops, by the way, this can't be returned. So, uh, you know, that that's one of the concerns that, that we all have in professionals is that you get the device that works for you, it gives you some benefit. And if you don't, then you have the right to return it. So I, I would tell people to really take a look at the devices when you go into the to the stores, wherever, wherever it may be, the Wild West, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and be sure that that there is a return privilege, there's a warranty on that device. Um, If it's important for you to connect to your phone, that it has Bluetooth connectivity, that if you're going to use this in noise, it has a directional microphone. All those things are supposed to be listed according to the labeling requirements that the FDA put out for these devices. So so there should be enough information for consumers to make a a relatively informed decision. But, But you do have to take some... Uh, some time to research that and and, and find out what kind of devices are available.
0: Yeah, uh, buyer beware to a certain extent. I mean, there have already been, they're not hearing aids. I guess, what do you call the product that's been out there now? Just amplified listening devices uh, that are not not labeled OTC, and I think that's a big distinction.
1: Yes, the, the... there's another class that the FDA has, has yeah. sort of redefined. And that is what we call PSAPs or personal sound amplification. Products. Right. And these were sort of crept into the hearing aids uh, area, but uh, it's clear now that those devices cannot be marketed to people with hearing aids. You can't advertise them for people that have hearing loss. I should say they're intended for people with normal hearing that want to put that on when you're in the woods and you want to listen to birds and you want to hear, you know, yeah. nature and so forth. Uh, but but they, they're not intended. That's, that's the phrase that the FDA uses. What is the intended use of that medical device? And if the intended use is for people with hearing loss, then there are OTC hearing aids, self-fitting hearing aids, or prescriptive hearing aids, or it's a cochlear implant, of course. But uh, all those are, are truly regulated devices here in the United States.
0: Right. I understood the other one is basically amplifies every possible sound that's around you. Uh, But really doesn't have anything to do with understanding speech specifically or anything like that. As you said, yeah, you know, if you want to hear the birds and the bees, uh, but you know, that's what it'll do. Uh, This doesn't. This does not eliminate, in any way, shape, or form, the need for some individuals to see a professional and also to get a uh, hearing device that is not over the counter but is by prescription.
1: Right. Correct. Yep. Yep. We have those. Three classes of device and, and if you're outside of that perceived mild to moderate, again, there's mm-hmm. no clear definition there, but if you, you have a more significant hearing loss or, or you may have also, if you do get a hearing test, you may find that you have a, a, a unusual audiogram or hearing test configuration. That may require one of those devices. The other advantage, of course, of going to see a professional have a hearing test is that they're going to look in your ears, and this could be a simple problem with earwax. And so, <laughs> um, you know, those you know audiologists can can yeah. you know, take that out or refer you to your to your you know general physician, or, you know, to have the earwax cleaned out. And uh, you know, you may not even need to go shopping. or are on for a device, so so there's a lot of benefits to to just going and having that basic hearing test on. You may. You know, some, depending on insurance coverage, you may have to pay for it, but, you know, a hundred or so dollars could be very well invested to, to have that test, make sure that, that you don't have any contraindications, so to speak, for, for trying one of these devices. And then they could also give you some counseling on the type and style of device that, that may be most appropriate for your listening needs.
0: Is there a basic difference between a, an over the counter and prescription device, or are they have a lot in common?
1: Well, they, they probably will have a lot in common in terms of of how they look. You know, they'll look mm. like probably some of them will look like traditional hearing aids. We we mm. are seeing some already that look like like earbuds and and even you know our, our AirPods. And, and I'm giving a commercial for those guys, but but you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they look like sort of those devices. And there's some other unique form factors or, or styles, if you will, that are coming out. I think the, the big difference really between both the OTC and self fit and the prescription is really the, the ability to program them individually for your hearing loss and, and for the professional to really get that tuned exactly for you, especially, again, if you have more severe loss or unique uh, configuration to your, to your loss. And they may have some more advanced features, too. Uh, you know, some of these will have uh, feedback reduction, for example. It was always something people talked about. You know, your grandfather's hearing aid's always whistling when he's wearing it. Well... More modern hearing aids have feedback reduction, have directional microphones, which means we have two microphones. One faces forward, one faces back. It helps with background noise. Uh, You know, advanced features like that. I mean, some of the more advanced prescriptive devices have motion detectors in. That for people that have balance issues and maybe live alone, it's, it's a capability to do fall detection. So if you would happen to fall, it's kind of like those devices that you see, i fall in and I can't get up, but your hearing yeah. aid can actually do that today. So so there's a lot of applications in the prescriptive side for people that, that have very specific listening needs. But if you're a what I call a situational wearer, you know, when your grandkids come over, occasionally go to dinner, maybe in meetings, whatever, you know, specific situations where you're having difficulty, maybe you're not going to wear it 24 hours a day or even 16 hours a day, you know, Trying an OTC type device after you've had a hearing test and understand what your needs are uh, could be a very first step, you know, in, in getting hearing help. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, almost 40 million people in the U.S. have have, have hearing loss and. Uh, you know, right now, you know, probably, you know, half of those people are, are not wearing a device because they're too vain, think, they're, mm. you know, they don't look right, and right. they don't want to bother changing batteries. There's a whole bunch of reasons why people decide not to not to intervene in, in their health
0: issues. So You know, you've mentioned a whole bunch of features that I never even considered, and it brings to mind a question that I think should be asked that these over-the-counter uh, OTCs are not I mean, the ones you were talking about obviously have to have a hefty price tag to it. But the over-the-counter OTCs—they're—they're they're not actually. I mean, they're not dirt cheap, are they?
1: No. Uh, you know, the ones we're seeing that have been sort of launched in the last few yeah. days that are going to be at places like you know Walgreens, Best Buy, some of the other places that have already announced in the press. Uh, you know, you're seeing starting prices at six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, up to a thousand dollars for a pair now. You know. You, know, you could go to a hearing professional and even at an entry mid level price you still may be seeing two or three thousand dollars. But remember you're also getting the testing, you're getting advanced programming, you're gonna go back to the office for follow up and counseling. So all of those services are sort of in you know, included and bundled into those prices where the other things are just the device. You're buying the you're buying it, you're taking it home, you take it out of the package and you start, you know, again, a self fitting process. Um so so in essence, you're paying yourself to do it as opposed to paying somebody else to, to, to do it by, by maybe saving some of that money. And uh, for some people, again, I think for some people, it's, it's really going to be an effective way for them to get some help and to start uh, as maybe their hearing loss changes or their listening needs become more more intense. Maybe they change jobs and they're going to be more meetings or you know if you if you work someplace where there's a lot of background noise my my classic example is always somebody who's the greeter or maitre d' at a restaurant you can think about how noise that is you have to listen to people's names how many people are in your party did you have a reservation or not the kitchen's going on there's people talking i mean that's that's a pretty difficult listening environment and you're probably going to have some very specific needs for for directional microphones and noise reduction so somebody like that might be better served with a prescriptive device as to trying as opposed to trying uh, an over-the-counter device but but that doesn't mean they, they couldn't start there and see so right. how that works for them and as long as they can return it they can uh, they can yes. then move on to uh, well, to see a professional
0: i think that's a very important point we t- touched on it earlier and we're going to re- and we have to wrap it up now but i, I yes. think that that's a important uh, aspect of this for someone who's not really in this business to walk into a uh, whatever, a drugstore, Best Buy, and buy one of these devices, that you make sure that it has a warranty and a return policy because, you know, I'm no technical expert, you know, and I could screw something up just like that. So I want to make sure that I've got some protection. Dr. Thomas Powers, thank you so much for being with us. I uh, totally appreciate you taking the time tonight. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Have a nice evening.
0: You too. That's uh, Dr. Thomas Powers audiologist and industry consultant.